JJC Podcast Experience, bringing you the content, the stories, and the insights. Welcome to the JJC Podcast Experience. This is Saturdays with Stephanie, and I am Stephanie, here with a guest host, Nomsa. Nomsa, would you like to give us a little intro, a little something about yourself? Yes, hi um, to everyone listening. Um, my name is Nomsa Mshongo. I am the co-founder of Review Mirror Mental Health Agency. And yeah, today we're just here to talk about everything mental health and, you know, how to get our mental health on check. And yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Oop, oop, yes. Thank you so much, Nomsa. I'm so happy to have you here today. So pretty much the topic for today, just an add-on from what Nomsa said, um, we will be talking about mental health in a POC household, which is people of color, in case you didn't know. So um, Nomsa, what got you into mental health? Like what drew you to um, starting like what you do? Mm. All right, cool. So, I mean, I actually always knew that I would study psychology ever since I was probably in grade nine, grade 10. Um, you know, obviously, I grew up in an environment where my my dad had actually went to the army. So, my dad was a soldier. Uh, he had retired and then he, he got married to my mother and then I came along. And then, obviously, because of, you know, his experience in the army, they were, he suffered a lot from post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, obviously, when I was young, I didn't know what that was. You know, so you'd have moments where my dad would be okay and he's normal. Um, you know, and then there'll be moments where he just loses, you know, control of himself, whether it be reliving um, the trauma through dreams where he'd have nightmares, like real, real nightmares where he wakes up and he, you know, wants wants to just throw things around or just in general like how he behaved you'd see that there must be something beyond what's happening and because of that i really wanted to study psychology i wanted to understand why do people behave the way they do why do people you know what what is what is so strong about the mind why is the mind like this um and how how to help people that have suffered from trauma so that's how i landed up in 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 the love of psychology and wanting to just know people better and understand human beings and their emotions so that's how i landed up um in in this space oh no so that is really touching and really yeah. inspiring i really hope to you know, come to where you are today because I'm also really quite a mental health nut. I love learning about mental health and mm-hmm. love learning how the mind works and trying to understand why we are the way we are. Mm. And from your story, um, just a question, a little personal, sorry if it is. Um, do you think that because you grew up in um, a POC household, it made it like harder for your dad to deal with um, his PTSD? Absolutely. That's a beautiful question. I mean, he actually till this day hasn't went to go see a, a professional <laughs> and his daughter is a professional, but he's never like he he says he's OK. No, I'm fine. And obviously, as you grow, it starts fading, but it's still there, you know, um, 
but I wish you had. I wish you had taken the initiative to go and see a professional, try to get help and maybe, you know, get diagnosis to actually find out what exactly is the problem. But unfortunately, like you said, being in a POC background, there is a stigma about psychology and we really ha we haven't really gotten to a point where POC households have understood what exactly mental health um, is and what exactly is the importance of seeking therapy to heal um, from your trauma. So yeah, definitely it, it has played a huge role. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I feel like every C, every POC household does carry a certain stigma when it comes to uh, mental health. And because of that, that could be so detrimental, not only to the person suffering from um, any type of you know mental health disorder, but also impacting the entire family as well. So mm -hmm. in that sense, how do you feel like your dad's lack of you know um, attention to his PTSD affected you and your family? It really has, it really did affect me specifically, um, you know, because like I said, I, I, I grew up, okay, firstly with the passion of wanting to pursue psychology, but I also grew up with a lot of trauma, you know, like I was, I was, I suffered a lot from anxiety. You know, I was always scared, like even till today, I always have to, you know, teach myself how to stay calm, but I've, I've always been, you know, like a very anxious person, very hard for me to trust, very hard for me to to be feel safe in an environment, to feel safe in a friendship, to feel safe in a relationship, in a marriage. So I really had to seek, you know, some form of counseling in order for me to heal from that. Because you can imagine as a child being in a, in a home environment and you're not sure what kind of emotion today will showcase itself in my father you know so I felt really unsafe and that's basically the tone of my life throughout my life even when I was removed from the traumatic environment I then started thinking I am still not safe even if I was in a safe environment so it really did um, affect me as a person and I and because of what I know, I had to seek help. I had to myself, you know, uh, find ways, and I'm still trying to maintain those ways to feel safe in 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 whatever space or in whatever relationship I find myself in. Oh no! So that's really powerful, and I feel you're 110 percent because most yeah. of the times people often think about how like the person suffering from the mental health disorder is and not necessarily how the people around them are suffering as yeah. well. And it's really sad that we neglect how it impacts like other important people like in our lives, like not just the person, but the entire household, mm. the entire community, the entire environment and how Absolutely. neglect to your mental health is neglect to um, everyone around you and how detrimental that is for like children especially. So mm. how would you advise um, people um, to somewhat cater to growing up around um, parents who suffer from mental health disorders but neglect mental health overall? Hmm. What advice would you give them? 
Sure. It's very, you've got you're saying so many powerful things. I'm not even sure which one to hold on to. You you know you you're speaking about if if people don't realize that the effect is not only on the family but the community at large. That is such a beautiful statement to make. It's it's very true um, because of so many social ills that we face today are because of the fact that many households there's parents, uh, you know, these siblings, any anyone, or a cousin and aunt who has a, a, a mental illness that's not only affecting them, but as they as their behavior is 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 portrayed into the family, it's affecting the family, but also the community at large. And so we don't understand the ripple effect that mental health has. You know, it's not only gonna affect your children, it's gonna affect how your children behave in communities and you know, and as a result, it's just, you know, a ripple effect of mental health issues that are not being resolved. We are not equipped enough with the emotional skills to deal with life. And a lot of times then that comes out in our so social lives as murder, as rape, as, you know, just anxiety and bipolar so it, it is a ripple effect and i have to agree with you so how i would advise anyone who's growing up in an environment where they've got a parent or they've got someone who's suffering from a mental health issue but that person does not want um to 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 really you know, find help. I, I mean, I myself, like I said to you, I had, I have my father who never even went to go seek help, you know, but I started then saying, maybe let me not focus too much on him because at the end of the day, he is an adult and he's got his own choices to make. Let me focus on me. Let me focus on my mental health. Let me make sure that this ripple effect does not touch me and my children. Let me help myself in this situation. Let me help my siblings. Let me help my mother. Let me help those that I can because sometimes if this person does not want to seek help, there's nothing you can do about that. But what you can do is, you know, focus on your mental health. Make sure you are okay. And if you can start there, you know, you make sure that you break that, you know, that cycle you're breaking the cycle by saying but i don't want to be like that you know you're breaking the cycle by consciously deciding to help yourself and to ensure that your mental health is at is at the right place because sometimes we we cut ourselves we hurt ourselves by mm -hmm. trying to help people that don't want to be helped so mm -hmm. you need to draw a line and say okay this is where it ends for me i've tried all i can to help my mother to help my father to help my sister but this is as far as i can go for my sake for my peace and for my mental health i can only go this far and you can just love them as as who they are after that yeah that was beautiful that was so powerful and it makes so much sense like all the wisdom wisdom i'm getting from you right now is just amazing <laughs> like that makes so much sense like we really do live and like continue a hurt people hurt people phenomenon mm. and what we really need to realize is that the most important change starts with changing ourselves. Like if we really want to make an impact and change the world, that change needs to start within each and every one of us. And that focus mm. needs to start with sure. us. Yeah. So in that way, what coping mechanisms would you give to um, 
children to help them focus on themselves and their mental health? Sure. Okay. So how I, I dealt with it, I'll, I'll give coping mechanisms based on my experience and obviously how that experience is linked to my profession. How I always dealt with my trauma is being able to separate environments. So I actually still became a, 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 a student, for example, in school. Okay, not A, like B student. Let me say B student. <laughs> it's in, in school, even though I was going through the trauma, I was going through at home because somehow I was able to separate home from school. I was able to, to know that when I'm at school, this is who I am. Um, I need to focus. It's my future that is at, at stake. Obviously, it wasn't as concrete and abstract when I was young, you know, because I played a lot, you know, I, I lost myself in the process, but somehow I knew how to separate the two environments. So I'd always say, try by all means to understand that you are not where you come from. Where you come from is just part of your story. So yeah. always understand that as you step out of the house, you're stepping out into a world where you're given an opportunity to be yourself and finally be you. So go out there when you get to school, be yourself. Use every opportunity you can to ensure that you um, set yourself up for a better future. Um, do the things you love, you know, if you love music, play music, if you like reading a book, read a book, it helps you to separate yourself from a traumatic environment. Try by all means to find ways to, to not really distract, distract is, is really not the great greatest of words, but find something that you can escape into um, in order for you to deal uh, with the trauma, but then be careful not to lose yourself too much into the escape. So it's always just a balance of saying, accept your truth and accept your reality, but find a way to, to find a place to heal. And my place to heal was 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 my relationship with God. Um, I prayed a lot. Um, I, I found solace in praying. I found solace in reading God's word and just, you know, being connected to, to, to him, a higher power, if you want to call it. But for me, it was God. It was my salvation um, that helped me quite a lot to move past that trauma. So it's always good to believe. It's always good to have hope. It's always good to find God because then he can, he can lead you um, throughout, you know, those phases where you feel like it's too much. Even in therapy, we always um, in, encourage people to find, to find their source, find where you come from, um, you know, in a spiritual entity, a spiritual context. And mine happened to be God, Christ, and my salvation. And it helped me quite a lot to to have that so those are the type of coping mechanisms things you love um you know your spirituality don't let your traumatic environment keep you in a cage um you're still a human you still need to evolve so find an escape find a place to run to um yeah i hope that helps i hope it helps yeah <laughs> that helps so much and I identify with that so much because whenever I feel like I'm trapped in like a toxic environment I always have this mantra where yeah. I say I am not my circumstance because yes. people oftentimes often at times like identify 
themselves by their trauma and let the trauma trickle into every single aspect of their life and in a way toxifying every single aspect of their life so by like isolating that trauma and not like um throwing it away but finding a way to um somewhat cope with it and not let it like control mm. you yes absolutely tool it's mm. a tool that suppresses you and keeps you from like prospering in life you find other things that um identify that you can use to identify you with you it's your religion but some people it may be their um creativity just anything else besides your trauma that could bring you a sense of like empowerment in your individuality and your identity so really that is so powerful thank you so much and i hope that people can bring that into their lives as well wow So, uh, Stephanie, who's the psychologist here? Me or you? <laughs> Honestly, I can't cope. <laughs> I'm trying to get to you, man. <laughs> That was beautiful. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I could not take away or add anything to what you just said. That's exactly it. Yeah. We're learning together. We're just bouncing bees off of each other. This is beautiful. And on the topic of, you know, you're taking care of yourself and focusing on your own mental health i know like kids themselves struggle with mental health um and like for example me i'm actually with you on the anxiety thing i have severe um general anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and ocd and that just manifests into like a million other things mm-hmm. so and being in a poc household it's not necessarily the easiest things to deal with because yeah. it's something that i don't even necessarily understand myself and having to um try and make my parents understand or my siblings understand it's just a whole lot of chaos and again with the stigmas the people that are supposed to be supporting you the people that are living with you carry around this like stigma or judgment in mm. the household that's supposed to make you feel safe so it's just that kind of um environment that not only me but millions of POC households mm. and children go through so what advice would you give to um people like me on approaching their family about mental health um disorders and how to deal with it and asking for help so i like i i i think i've said i said this when we were having our counselors uh, meeting it's always good to start by educating and informing them bit by bit you know not overwhelming your family with information but just you know gen- genuinely step by step giving them an insight about what exactly is for example generalized anxiety disorder you know making them understand where could it originate from what what is it you know and the more they they find out and and begin to understand what it is there's those that will say oh i actually didn't know um tell me more you know but there's also those that would push back but like i said with those that would push back with family members that say i don't want to know like i said always focus on your mental health there's only so far that you can go to try and educate someone else about a mental health disorder what you don't want is to hurt yourself in the process so make sure that you're educating giving them all the information and they can make informed decision so sometimes we become biased against mental health because we're not informed we think that depression is a 
is a demon um, that you can just pray away. But, uh, you know, if only they knew that sometimes depression is due to the fact that you just don't have a chemical, you've got a chemical imbalance. There's a chemical in your brain that is not, you know, excreting the way it should. So then you need to take antidepressants um, or you need to take a, 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 a pill called lithium that's going to help you with your moods. So sometimes it's because of that. So when you inform your parents about that, there's no way they can still feel like, no, it's a demon. It's actually a medical condition. So, you know, you need to also be well informed about the, the mental health that you have whatever the case may be so that when you educate those um around you can give them facts and information that is true and they can then make um decisions based on an informed point of view basically so i always say start by informing start by educating start by talking about these things um you know it's all that's where we start that's the only thing we can do is just talk about them you know talk about them i can't stress this enough we need to start talking more about mental health because the more we talk about them the more it brings enlightenment like oh really i didn't know that you know so we need to just continue the talk it's not a once-off thing. It's not a once-off topic. It's a continuous topic. The more we learn, the more we are able to make informed decisions about it. Yes, yes, yes. No, yeah. So I agree with that 110%. Like, you always need to start the conversation. And one thing we love to say down here at Advocacy is knowledge is power. Knowledge oh. to something and educating just carries so much power because it really does remove stigma and bias and prejudice against like these taboo topics so that is really powerful educate 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 and we really do need to remember that stuff like mental health it's not a phase it's not a trend it's not something that will just pass by it's not Mm. you know um just playing into what social media is portraying these days it's something like it's your entire life and you need to stay consistent with treating it, talking about it, educating yourself on it, because in your life, maybe if I'm talking about it to you, it's just something that you heard me say two months ago, but this is something I'm dealing with for my entire life. Mm. So really opening up to people and educating people about such issues is also bringing them like to light with your life and how you live and opening up your mind and your feelings to them somewhat relate and once Mm. they start relating and understanding and feeling what you're feeling then it brings them into the conversation and brings them into helping you um help yourself and helping the whole mental health phenomenon somewhat better and more treatable and more you know normalized in society so again i relate to that so much but in such a household i know like one thing I say is we can't shame people for information that they never had access to. Like back then, um, back in maybe the huts in the village in 1912 or something, <laughs> they didn't have access to, you know, topics like uh, mental health. They didn't know what that was. Yeah. So can't shame them for thinking that, for having prejudice or bias against information that they didn't have access to. And with that, changing like educating people like parents for example like really old people 
about um, mental health would be very, very difficult. And again, yeah. you can't change people's minds. You can't change people's ideologies. They've grown up with this their entire lives, believing mental health is real. Their grandparents, their grand-grand-grandparents, so they obviously think what's going to change now. going to die mm. in two years anyway. It's not important. Mm, true. <laughs> With that type of mindset and those type of like ideologies, um, educating your parents into mental health and getting them to help you. Because then again, you are a child. You do need help. You do need support. As much as you can focus on yourself and try and help yourself. Like with me, someone with OCD, there's only so much I can do as a child um, with um, such limited support. So mm. in those types of instances, um, where would someone like me or someone who has a more severe case, maybe um, bipolar or severe depression or suicidal thoughts, where would you suggest that they get support and help? Definitely. Uh, you're saying a lot of things there. I'm like, yep, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. We cannot, um, you know, in, in, in a way punish our parents because they don't know about mental health like you said they weren't privileged to have that information um, as, as freely as we have it right now so I absolutely agree with you so and it would be more difficult to teach them about mental health because you know just teaching them how to use WhatsApp has been a mission <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah you obviously have to be patient um, you know would someone that is suffering from anything severe, I always say the first place to go to is, you know, seeking professional help. Go to a professional, go to a psychologist, go to someone who can give you guidance, um, you know, on how to deal, on how to have coping mechanisms, on how to heal. Um, someone who can give a real diagnosis. What I've noticed is that people like diagnosing themselves. You know, like a, a lot of people will come and tell me, oh, I've got depression. Okay, who told you? Um, <laughs> no, I just know because when I Googled it on, on Google, these are the symptoms. Nope, nope, no. Unless a professional has diagnosed you with the sickness, then you don't have depression. We're not sure that it's depression yet. You know, it could be something else. It could be anxiety. It could be just that you were having a bad week or a bad month. So it's it's one of those things where we have to, we we, we call it uh, uh, epidemiology. You know, you you it's a it's a diagnosis. It's like when you go to a doctor and you say, doctor, I'm so sure I've got flu. The doctor will first go through the symptoms. Have you been having flu for this long? What are the symptoms? Are you sneezing, are you coughing? It's the same when you get diagnosed with a mental health um, sickness. The, the psychology needs to go through a diagnosis. And until those symptoms are all prevalent at that time, then we can say, okay, it's, it is depression. It's been happening for more than six months that you're feeling down. You have feelings of hopelessness. You're feeling uh, despair. And it happens often. Unless that has happened, then you can't diagnose yourself. Um, 
So hence, it's important that if you feel, if you're suffering from something severe, make sure firstly, it's diagnosed by a professional. Secondly, it's always advisable to have a support group, to attend support groups. There's, you know, facilities like uh, SADC, which is a South African depression and anxiety group. They create um, support groups for people that are suffering from depression, uh, bipolar. Those are good forums to, to, to be associated with because then you start realizing that you're not alone um you know and then you you also find coping mechanisms and you find a community of people that are just going through what you're also going through and that helps you in your journey of recovery and in your journey of healing so my advice will always be start by a professional make sure it's diagnosed thereafter that find a support group have people around you that will support you that are also going through something similar that have a similar diagnosis oh okay yes that makes so much sense thank you so much Mamsa. and on the lines of finding help not everybody um may be as privileged to you know find a counselor or a therapist or professional unfortunately so yeah. besides SEDAC do you know of any other um, organizations or places people can find help if they can't necessarily afford um, you know therapy yeah all right. Um, so obviously, SEDEC is also free, by the way. Um, and then there's FAMSA. You also can go to a clinic. Um, every clinic has a, a a counselor or psychologist that's there that gives free counseling. Um, and so that's also a good place that you can go to. But there's also other platforms. It's just a lot of platforms. The ones that I always refer people to would be SEDEC. Um, as well as clinics. Go to your nearest clinic, ask to see a counsellor, ask to speak to someone. They'll, they'll definitely um, acquaint you to the right person. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lomsa. This has been so helpful. I'll definitely take what you have into account. I'm sure our audience will as well. Like you've just dished out so many facts and so much inspiration and motivation to keep on going. Oh. And mental health is just such a big spectrum and it's really something that's coming into this day and age which i'm so grateful for it really needs to be spoken about more and i'm so happy that you know you are on like in the mental health industry because representation is also great for mental health um yeah. seeing someone like you out there it's really helpful and we just really need to remember to take care of ourselves like you said, and focus on ourselves and focus on our mental health, because I really be, do believe that our mind is the center of our entire existence. Like everything we do, everything we think, everything we say, the way we live is based off of like our mind, our yeah. mental space. And we need to take care of our mental space and our mental health in order to function and prosper as like a human being. So with that do you have any last words any advice anything you'd like to say to the people listening just to send them off Ooh, after what you said hmm, stephanie <laughs> <laughs> oh, well in closing i i would like to say is life is a journey man um enjoy it um it's it's you'll always have the good and the bad coupled with life and there's no such a thing as a life that will go smoothly 
if if you've got a life like that, then you're on the wrong lane. But because life is always coupled with the bad and the good. And a lot of times we don't have the emotional skills to handle the bad. So we need to acquire the right emotional skills to handle the bad times in our lives. Take time to heal. Take time to take care of yourself. Understand yourself. Self-awareness is the best thing to have because you will know when something is wrong. You'll know when Nomsa is not okay anymore. And you'll be able to deal with that if you're self-aware. Every day, take time to just breathe. Close your eyes and just listen to the birds chirping. Listen to everyone that's going around and moving around. Just take time to be with yourself and love yourself. Enjoy who you are. Love you. Say good things to yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you open your eyes, affirm yourself. Tell yourself that you're going to make it regardless of what it is that you have faced in your life. And above all things, make sure that that mind of yours does not get tainted by anything. Make sure your mind is always healthy and always exercise that mind to realize that the good comes with the bad and to always overcome the bad and just enjoy the good. Yeah, that's the last thing I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Nusa. I am definitely taking that into today and the rest of my life. And I'm sure everybody else listening will too. You are a phenomenal person with so many great facts and so much to offer. And thank you, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the JGC podcast experience. You are a new joy to have. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. I feel like one day when I've retired, you're going to be my psychologist. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I always enjoy speaking to you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you so much. So that is all we have for today. So for more motivation, inspiration, and education, be sure to tune in to more of the JGC podcast experience. This podcast was brought to you by the Johannesburg Junior Council in partnership with Red Radio.